0: Welcome to another edition of your favourite sporting podcast, your favourite hockey podcast. The name says it all. Hockey, the podcast with myself, Derek Alberts. But of course, I'm as always joined by the main man and my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard. And we welcome you to another edition. Now, i tell you what, we've travelled the world on the show. Uh, in fact, just the most recent episode, we went over to New Zealand to chat to goal scoring extraordinaire, Greg Nickel. We've been to the States, we've been to the UK, uh, we've spent a bit of time in the Netherlands, but I can safely say, Tyron, that this time around we're dealing with a country that has yet to be featured on the show. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good day, Derek. What a great story we're going to get to share with you today. Some of you may have heard it, but if you haven't, you're about to have your mind blown by what hockey can do. And yeah, Derek, a country... That uh, I don't think I've ever been to. I've been to their neighbours. So I don't. Well, I don't think that I, I know. I've never been there. <laughs> um, I don't think you've ever been there either.
0: No, no, I haven't, um, and, and I would love to because it's got a, a rich wildlife history. Most notably, uh, gorillas. Don't know if you know much about that. Adai uh, and Fossey spent a lot of time there, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, of course, we're not dealing I, about wildlife. We're dealing about hockey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a. Uh, Hockey is filled with wildlife if you've ever been to a fine session. But, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, East Africa in itself is a special place to go. And the country of Uganda. You know, Derek, there, there was once a, a very pertinent story when Ratif um actually went to Uganda. I don't know if I've ever told you the story. But uh, the president of Uganda phoned Ratif and said, Ratif, will you please come and see us? And uh, Ratif flew over. He got there and the president said ratif i want you to build us a golf course and he said yeah, yeah, thank thank you but i've never built a golf course before that's not my business why would you choose me and, and the president looked at him and said because ratif what's good for the goose is good for uganda <laughs> Yes, 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 I'm here <laughs> on my free charge.
0: <laughs> oh, man, and I was so excited for that story as well. <laughs> I should have known better. But that's, that's a cracker, uh, Ty, well done. And uh, it, it can only get better from here, this show. That's, that's the great news. But, uh, I mean, the, the cat's out of the bag massively. Of course, we are speaking about the country Uganda. Uh, indirectly so, because we are, in fact, dealing with the South African. But uh, I'm giving too much away. Ty, tell us more before introducing our special guest of this episode
1: yeah during the South African Namibia series played last year I got to meet Sean Lobsha and we uh, became social media buddies and uh, yeah I did not know this at the time but Sean was in the process of uh, organizing a very very cool trip he joined uh, the Uganda national men's and women's sides for a, a period of about a month, and you'll and tell us more about that just before the Omnicron virus uh, variant was identified, helping them prepare for the African Cup of Nations underway now in Ghana. Um, so, yeah, Sean, I mean, I, I don't know enough of the story, or I won't do enough justice to the story to talk too much about it. That's why you're here. Welcome to Hockey the Podcast. Yeah,
2: thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Tyron. Yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head about what what hockey can can do and and how we can meet other people and it it is one of those stories where I was on my F I H level three and the the Ugandan men's coach Vincent Kasasa, a wonderful man, um, was on it with me and we were talking and you know I said, "Yes, one day I'd love to." I'd love to come in and see how, how things work up there. And it sort of ended like that. And we, we chatted on WhatsApp and we spoke about hockey. And, and then, yeah, I got an email to say, please, we're going into camp. Um, will, you, will you come and join us? And I spoke to my wife. I think the first thing she said, is it safe? I just said yes, um, we and yeah I, I, an an incredible experience um not a country that I think would have been on my my list of places to visit, but a place that I definitely will will go back to again, not just for hockey um beautiful beautiful country um yeah so so that really
1: is how i how i got there sure i mean so i mean we're going to take it down and break it down a little bit but uh, um you know first and foremost traveling around the world can sometimes be challenging traveling within africa can be extremely challenging i've been fortunate enough to see i think it's about 10 african countries and i've seen the uh, busy bustling, hustling, bustling uh, uh, Lagos, but I've also seen uh, Mwanza in the middle of Tanzania where an airport is smaller than my lounge. And I mean, uh, you get invited and uh, you get told, you know, we want you come to Uganda. Uh, Your wife says it's safe. You don't (laughs) really know how safe it is. Obviously, East Africa is, is fairly safe. But I mean, the logistics of a trip like this—that in itself must have been a fairly big challenge. Yeah, so uh, I think, uh, firstly,
2: once again, I was very blessed. I was I stayed with the coach, which was which was phenomenal. You know, if we if we start breaking down logistics, you know that that gave me transport to from the airport to from the astro and, and a roof over my head. Also, you know, there I was with the people, not just stuck in a hotel. I was Northcliffe High School, where where I teach, and I'm the head of hockey there. And it they they straight away said, you know what, Sean, this is an opportunity that you can't you can't turn down. So them saying that, and uh, yeah. I mean, from there, logistically, it was yeah you know, within sort of a month I had to get everything done, but I found the, the Ugandan government was was really really jacked. So silly things like a visa, once you'd once you'd paid, I think I had it within two days, and I had to get some injections and stuff and. I think where, where the most stress came in was the the COVID tests. I think you're always just a little bit nervous that you are going to test positive. But plenty of flights out, took an Ethiopian Airlines, uh, had a little layover in Ethiopia, which was which was wonderful to just be there for a bit. And then, yeah, the Ugandan airport is, is not big, but it's probably... Uh, size And friendly people Friendly staff So once once I was there Yeah, I, uh, it was I don't know it's, it's Africa Africa and friendly people And yeah I, I, think, I don't know if that That sort of answers it yeah. But I, I have been very blessed Along the way with just people Helping And people Saying yes, like go. Go. This is something that you need to do. Don't turn down the opportunity. My wife said it. I mean, I missed her birthday, I missed my one daughter's birthday, unfortunately. And I think that that is the nature of of international sport, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, but even they were like, Yo, you can't you can't miss this opportunity and and I'm very grateful that I didn't
0: yeah I think you hit the nail on the head when you speak about international sport because you're a a high school hockey coach in Johannesburg and and the opportunity presented itself and just to clarify exactly with the logistics how did it all work because so you got your visa you, you sorted out your passport off you hopped on a plane what was the planning in your head because you said okay I'm going to land, and and I take it all this took place in Kampala, capital of Uganda. and Yes, yes. And you landed, and you got picked up. How much knowledge did you have prior about what your role would be and how busy you would be and what exactly you'd be needed to do? What did you know about the Ugandan team? Was it flying by the seat of your pants? <laughs> or, or did you do quite a bit of research prior? Uh, and I just want to imagine you landing in this this small smallish airport uh, in pretty much literally the middle of africa and <laughs> and then just starting this this whole new role uh, not permanently of course but uh, for a decent amount of time
2: yeah i think <laughs> I think a lot of it was seats of my pants just sort of that Richard Branson way of <laughs> you, you might not be qualified, but just don't say no. Um, I, had a, I actually had a chat with uh, Coach Polo about it before I left, and, and it was exactly that. So I, I, I felt underprepared. Um, where I did do my research is they had played a series against um, the, the Ugandan side and finally, after many years, Got out and played a series against uh, Kenya in March, which was on Watch Hockey, and I must have watched those three games whew, a lot. between seven, <laughs> seven and ten times. Um, and you, you know, Tyron, you were at Northcliffe with multiple camera angles and everything. This was maybe two cameras, sort of at halfway and. That's what I did. And I, I contacted the coach. Okay, who's who's this playing here? And um who who's that in the goals and what's what's the thinking here and there? And that I watched I watched the ladies' games the same amount. I, I unfortunately didn't have access to the ladies' coach. number at that stage. So through the men's coach, um asked the same questions. And from there formulated a a rough idea of what what really worked and what really didn't work in that series. so from three games, 30 times watching it, what worked, what didn't work, um, who more or less players are um, some of, some of those players are playing in Italy in the second division, some are playing in the first division in Italy. Um, what, what the coach, more or less, how he wants to run the sessions, um, how, how he wanted to work with me, did he want me to sit and observe? Did he want me to be hands on and take over? Um, are we going to work together? So, so that was basically all the information I had. Um, did I? Did I know where exactly where I was staying? No. All I knew, the coach said to me is, you're going to stay at my house and I'm going to feed you and we're going to go to the Astro. I'll fetch you from the airport. Um, I, I, I giggled when I was leaving because, you know, as I was coming through the airport, they call white people mzungus there. And he's, uh, you know, uh, one day I said to him, how did you know it was me? And he said, Sean, you were the only Mzungu. And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he waved with one of the players and we got in the car and and we got home. And the next day we started planning. And, yeah, I'm not saying it was easy. We we bumped heads. Uh, I think it's very different bringing two different systems and personalities and we were, we were in each, face, each other's faces 24 hours a day um, but a wonderful man who's taught me a lot about myself but yeah, logistically, I think a lot of it was seats of my pants um, and off the knowledge I had from, from the Watch Hockey website, I had to, I even emailed them to say, please guys, can you just let me download it so that I don't have to to stop, start on the app. Let me just download it so I can watch it freely and break it down. But yeah, that's, that's basically the the planning that we had done around it. It it was really seat of our plants, get it. It was happening quickly. I think I got the email on the 12th of October to say, please come and camp was starting on the 15th, no, the 12th of November. So so it was just, oh, okay, let's let's make it happen.
0: Before we get into the details of once you landed in, in Kampala and started taking on the coaching role, did you ta- chat to the coach, I know you did prior, but how did it come to be that he sought you out to come in and help his country's cause when it comes to hockey?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think we ever really... I, I, we, on this course, I think we had to do one group task together. And I think he, I, I like the way he thinks. I don't know if he necessarily likes the way I think, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I imagine, I, he I imagine he does because we, we're doing it, but I, I love the way he thought. And I can, I can clearly remember just speaking to him for days you know so we did we did it online and we had access to each other's number and for days we would just talk hockey not talk Ugandan hockey or South African hockey we spoke about hockey and and developments of hockey and ideas around hockey and and that i think was where this almost mutual respect for each other came that Oh, like this man is thousands of kilometers away, still African. Um, by that stage, we had we. I don't, I don't know if I could, now I can't think whether we. It was off pre-Olympics or post-Olympics. I think it was pre-Olympics. So, you know, there was the harp of the Olympics coming up. It was just, and we were just two, two people across the world. Talking hockey, and I think we just it clicked on a hockey level that yo, this guy speaks my language when it comes to hockey, and um, from there, I think we just it con- we we continue talking more as as friends. So, what do you do? Uh, what's your day job? Um, you, uh, and and I think that's where. It developed to the point of him saying, "You know what? Come, come over. Let's let's see see what happens." I mean, he got you know he to be fair, he went to the lengths of going to the the general secretary and the president of the the Ugandan Hockey Association to get me the letters and the documents needed to get over. So yeah, I think. I'm a say You know, I've I've been talking to him today as the the guys are going into their final preparation. So I'm gonna send him a message and find out, like, why me? Because I mean, you sit on these courses and there's there's guys that are directors of hockey at at Dutch clubs, and um, you know, I've sat on my level two with Scott Tupper, the the Canadian men's captain, and and Pakistan players, and. So, so to be honest, I don't really know, but I think it's
1: possibly that. Yeah, Sean, sure. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> I, it's it's such an incredible story. But, you know, one of the things people often don't think, South Africans often look at the game of hockey and we say, oh, we're so hard done by. <laughs> We have tons of Astros. We have tons of opportunity. You know, hard done by is not really what we are. Yeah, compared to the Europeans. But, you know, take us through a little bit of when you arrived. I mean, as as much as you would have been expecting it, how much of a culture shock was it in terms of the facilities and the lay of the land?
2: Yeah, I think the what what I found to, to start off straight away, I mean, at Northcliffe, and we are by no means a massive hockey school. But there we've got our own water-based Astro, 23 hockey sides, and that's what I manage. That's that's part of just my, my daily job. Uganda has 17 male and female senior sides in the whole country. So, I mean, if we take just the Southern's Premier League where there's there's – all these teams across the men and the ladies, and that goes down to 7th, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth division stuff like that. Um, they've got their league, and they've got I think eight men's sides and uh nine ladies' sides. So that's that's the whole of Ugandan senior hockey. They have one astro in, in the whole country, they have got. One sand-based astro at uh, Lugogo Sports Complex, absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful complex, um, and you you realize, I, I think for me, yeah, I realize just how privileged we are here. Um, the from a, a a people point of view. I uh, realised. They they are the most friendly, giving people. They're kind and caring, but they they carry like a a sadness in them, and that's what we as the men really really try to harness is this to give the people of Uganda hope. Um, you know, poverty is a real thing there. It's it's not we look at South Africa and the unemployment there, a family of, of four needs a dollar a day to survive. And and that's what lots of them live off of. So we really try to, that was a big thing for me. And, and once I saw it and realized it, um, we, that's what we, we've been talking to the men about the whole time is we're going to go to Ghana and we're going to give people, we're going to give people hope. We're going to give people hope that there's there's something else. Um, yeah, sorry.
1: No, Sean, I was going to say, I mean, it, it's it's inspiring stuff to hear. And it's great to see, you know, the East African region really does have a, a culture that is fairly strong in, in terms of hockey. It's maybe the delivery of excellence that hasn't always been there. Mm. Know, going, going in there, and I mean, you, here in South Africa, you'll be surrounded by, you mean, mentioned Coach Polo earlier, you're you you know, you're surrounded by, here in Gauteng, you've got Inky, uh, you've got uh, Gareth Ewing, you've got uh, um Cihle and Thule, you've got, you know, the, the list of coaches. I mean, it's a number of top, top quality coaches and I think sometimes we take for granted just how privileged we are. Did you experience um, the players and the coaches almost trying to suck in everything you were saying, and and did you feel like they really uh, embraced and appreciated your presence? There?
2: Yeah, I think I think that was the that was the most incredible thing is. Uh, Coach Kasasa, Vincent the, the men's coach sort of helped get the 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 culture right really early in the men's camp. Um and the men adopted this thing of it it's business time and I mean they would train we would train I think it was i must it's just work it out. It was four days on, two days off four days on, two days off, four hours a day. They've been doing that since beginning of November. But where I really saw incredible things. And and you know, you talk about sikle uh, and and Gareth and those guys are guys that here in South Africa we have we, we actually have access to and 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 I mean Gareth Gareth worked with me. He was the, the head of hockey at Northcliffe maybe seven or eight years ago. That's where I first met him. And, uh, you know, in Uganda, they, they don't have that there yet. And these guys just – they just ate it up. The ladies as well. You know, I've been talking a lot about the men. The ladies as well. Uh, just the the technical points that just lift the game, they were – all game for the coaches the the goalkeeper coach there you know he I think we would we would whatsapp each other till ten eleven at night discussing why we were doing things and what we were going to do the next day and and how we're going to improve things and Vincent and myself would talk and draw pictures and and analyze and the men you know you you'd pull him aside and say. What what are we thinking? What do we want to do here? And, and that was where I think we saw the greatest growth is that, okay, you know what? We're here to – I think we were always there to keep Ugandan hockey, Ugandan hockey. I can't go over and in a month change it to Dutch hockey or South African hockey or anything else. It, it doesn't work. But just to perfect that, and I think these guys – understood, appreciated it, and, and just absolutely flew with this idea. The ladies, the ladies were taking a little bit longer, and that's fine. It's, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't – I cannot describe the growth that I saw in players and coaches adequately. Um, it, it was absolutely, it, it, it was a life-changing experience.
0: On the flip side, Sean, and I can completely understand that they would have taken all the information in it and, and thrived in it uh, throughout the course of your stay. But initially, was that the case? Or was it there some form of trepidation amongst the players, both men and women, thinking to themselves, who's this foreigner coming in who now wants to, to teach us how to play? Or, or did you have to to buy their not buy their trust, but but earn their trust, or were, were they were they in from the get go?
2: I think it, I think we always have to earn trust. Um, without sounding cliche, it, it, I can go from from any club here to another club, and I think I think it is always just that. Okay, this Soak is here for us, um, and I think. Players, whether they're five years old through to to national level, they want to know that you're there for them, which I genuinely was. I think where where there were more um, issues, and and the coach won't mind me saying it, we've we've worked it out. But there was more issues between myself and the coach. Um, you know, I think it's it's always weird having someone else coming in. Directly into your space, and and asking difficult questions. And I, I'm I'm the first to admit that I I did ask difficult questions. Why are we doing this? Can we not do this better? Should we Should we not be focusing on this rather than this? Um, and I think maybe two or three days between him and myself, and and we had to sort it out because we we lived together, which is which is a good thing. Um we more myself uh, Vincent um Moses the the ladies coach, we more butted heads about your the, these ideas are these ideas are weird um, and I think maybe I had to tone it back a bit even sometimes, um, and I think after. After a couple of days, two, three days of us sort of questioning each other and and finding a common ground there, it was far easier than you know we I was working with the players anyway they were working they they are so so dead keen on on Africa Cup that uh, I think they could have coached themselves and that they, they would have worked hard um but I think once we'd sorted out our issues as coaching staff and that was not, you know, it's not on the turf, that was behind the scenes. Then things really started, started, um, flowing and, you know, I, I explained to them, I'm not here forever. I was there for, I was there for three weeks, I think, um, cuts a little bit short by Omnicrom, but, my my job was to almost impart as much knowledge to the coaches because the coaches are, are what's going to change every session. You know, we got the players involved. The players were there. They were passionate. They experienced some different things that they'd never seen before. But if the coach then just goes backwards or, or stagnates, that's where, you know, then growth's hindered. So – I think that was more where we really, you know, we really had a couple of, of words. Um, they they call it Ugandan patience. It's just very, it's very relaxed. And, and I've got Joburg patience, which is not very (laughs) relaxed. And we've, um, I, I, I also had to learn some Ugandan patience quickly. Um, and, yeah, uh, uh, it, it changed me because I also had to learn and adapt on the fly, and I, I think it, it was better for the players in the long run.
0: Barrier-wise and boundary-wise, what did you encounter? I can imagine a, a different skill set that you would have encountered down this side, and... There's no question that their fitness were certainly, was certainly up there, um, but also from a language point of view, I know that English is uh, one of the official languages. But uh, communication was, was was that an issue at all?
2: Um, some of the guys, some of the guys, were really, really, they really struggled with the English, um, but uh, some of them, yeah, I didn't hear them speak Lugandan once. So um, the English English was perfect for some of them. Um, it, it would sort of get slightly lost in translation. And, uh, you know, Vincent, and I can't stop singing the man's praises. He then would translate to them. He was right there with me. It was never, though, really a, a massive, a massive boundary. Thank goodness. And I think that that really made Life a lot easier um, From a I, I, I was really blown away From a skill set point of view and, and I don't I still don't know Quite how they get it right But the, These players have Every every trick in the book You ask them to hit, hit a backhand Upright, they'll hit it um, Maybe they've got to fix a couple of things Here and there, but we, we all do that they had it all. And I, I think that the key for me, there's a, uh, on social media, there's a picture of me and a, and a little boy, his name was Ali. He didn't have, he didn't have shoes. He would, but every day he would come to the Astro and I would just, I'd give him my stick. And I thought, I said to him the one day I met him the first time and I said to him, listen, do you want to play hockey? So he said, yeah. I said, well, cool. Um, you're going to be my assistant coach. Because uh, I really do believe in we've, we've got to give back in the youth of the future and, you know, without sounding like a complete hippie, but I, I do believe it. And, you know, this kid, Ali, in in four years' time is playing national hockey. I said to him, "Ah, oh, like, cool, here's a ball, here's my stick, thinking, you know, this oak has never done anything. And... I mean he was absolutely roofing it on, on the backhand, hitting tomahawks, And then he was throwing overheads. And and I said to him, But but where does this come from? And he said, No, whenever they practice and whenever they're here, I'm here. And there's that's that seems to be so they've started a lot of academies. There's a lot of Dutch players helping and Italian players helping. From a skill set point of view, they are they are right, right there. I think it's where the where the barrier is is just getting some some new ideas. You know, and and, and Tyron mentioned guys like sikhle and guys like Gareth and Inky, and I mean, you go down to the Cape with Andy, and and there, there's so many. There are just uh, there's too many coaches to even name they are communicating outside the country and going, Oh, that is an interesting concept. That is an interesting idea. And Uganda sat, I think the last time they went to an Africa cup was 98. I think uh, I've had it somewhere, but it, it was in the nineties. Um, that was the last time they went and they, they basically haven't done anything really. They played a bit of in East Africa, but they haven't really done anything since. And, um, that I think it just stagnated things a bit that they stayed on their own little Island. And once they realized, yo, okay, we can, we can do what we want. And this is how we want to play. And this is how other teams are going to play. Then they really came alive. Um, but skill the, the was, there was, it grew every day. I absolutely loved it. By the end we, we were sitting on about twenty kids that would come down to the turf and they'd be collecting balls for the for the players and setting up cones and but you give them their sticks and man alive from from sort of eight years old through to fourteen, these oaks could play hockey. If if I if I got to the point that I actually said to the director of sports, I said, I wish we could somehow bring these kids over to South Africa just for a, a education. Um, hockey wise, they'd get a bursary at at most schools here in Joburg. But um, you know, education wise, I'd love
1: to have them here. Yeah, Sean, sure. no, it's and I, I'm so excited to see the the teams over now in Ghana. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned Omnicrom and, and was it ever in the plans for you to join the team in Accra um, for for the African Cup of Nations?
2: Um, I, I think it would be wrong of me to say that I didn't really hope to go over um, and it didn't say my prayers at night to go over. I think it's 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 an experience uh, you know that that very few people on earth get to experience and and i really the, the the talk was there but it was never ever really set in stone um we we'd looked at logistics of getting me from from south africa to accra it's it's it's, it's really expensive so then we looked at the logistics of um do I go back to Uganda and then fly out with the men? Um, and then, you know, Omnicrom was also a different, a different baby and it, it just for a African federation and they just, like, you know, it's just like every other federation um, with money and stuff like that, it, it's, it would, would have been, Difficult for me to go, and that's fine. Um, you know, uh, literally talking to the coach, they were they were testing today, so we're waiting for for results to see yeah, and and just praying. You know, you you really never know. We can be as as safe as we want to be. Um, so yeah, the, it was it was happening and it wasn't happening, and I think in the end the right call with Omnicrom because we just I don't think anyone really knew, I was meant to be in Uganda for longer and um, Mwabi uh, got hold of me in Uganda to say, Sean, please, they are, um, flights are being shut down left, right and centre. Let's get you back into into South Africa. And I mean, he sat on the phone, you know, he's an absolute hero. He sat on the phone while I sat at the airport and it was like the amazing race and I got the next flight out at I think Oppost two on a Saturday morning back into South Africa just because we were scared and I think it it's it's the same thing going there I, I really I wish I wish with all my heart and soul but that's fun. there'll be other tournaments um and and hopefully I can I can join up with the team then.
1: Yeah, obviously, you're not going, but uh, following closely. You're going to the bottom-ranked team, uh, but that comes with great opportunity in the current rankings. Any result will get you massive points. And, you know, the men currently ranked 91 could see a jump as high as 60 with the right result. here. Uh, the women, obviously, in the 70s, uh, looking for that. Do you think, I mean, having been there, do you think we're in in store for a, a, pos- a possible shock in Accra and a a win or two or just ruffling a few feathers. Um, Yeah. Let's leave that question there. I think,
2: I think when we looked at it and I I don't think, I don't think there's much, there's a secret to it. You know, I'm not going to give the the, tactically and stuff like that. What, what we spoke a lot about is we want to uh, Ghana became our final, um, and, and Ghana is first up. So Ghana became our final. We felt as much as it's a really really tough game and we will have to be at our absolute best there, there's a, a real feeling of this is a game if we do the right things uh, we, you know to backtrack uh, do, no one deserves to win or lose um you know, a result is never guaranteed. And I think, you know, with the FIH coming out today with South Africa, Germany's game being the second most voted for game of the year, you know, on paper, Germany was going to win that game, but th- there was always that feeling, and, and you have to show up, and you have to do the right things to get a result. And I think the men, the men really believe, okay, cool, this is a game that they, they want to go out and they want to, they really want to attack. And, and I think it's, I think it's 100% the right call there. Um, and I think they could, you know, I'm never I'll never say we could win, but we we really could put Ghana under a little bit of pressure. I know they, they're quite a physical side. So we've looked at, at how to negate a couple of things. Um, and we've put some plans in place there, slightly different formations, different starting lineups. We've looked at a couple of things there. Um, South Africa was a game that I was very surprised with the men. They took on, they really took on this thing of, okay, South Africa is the team we want to beat. Um, Let's, let's focus I, I love the attitude. We're going to focus our attention on beating, beating the best. We're going to beat South Africa. Uh, you know, I heard the the defenders when we were working with them saying, "Okay, guys, we're up against Mustafa Dayon and Billy. How are we as defenders going to to nullify that?" And I, 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 I liked. I think what South Africa gave the the Ugandan men was they'd seen them play at the Olympics so they started to really formulate some sort of idea and, and the goal there is I think pure for us to get a result there is is really really difficult but the goal was to to really give it as good a showing as possible to to not allow a an absolute walkover. Um you know I know when when you go into tournament as and especially in a group that is tight. So if I look at like the JHL and stuff, there's certain games that you target because you need a goal difference. And, and I think the Ugandan men are saying we won't allow that to happen. We, that's not how we're going to function. And they want to really, they really focus on that. Whether they'll win, and I'm, so, I'm sorry for all the Ugandans, that's going to be really tough. That that will be really tough, and then I think it's Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken, and they were, we were, um, confident about that. So so plans in place there to to really put them under a little bit more pressure, show a little bit more attacking prowess, um, uh, that that Ugandan flair that we worked on. So that that's the men's side. I think, um, them playing against. Kenya again would be if, if they find them somewhere in the tournament a, a wonderful grudge match after beating them in the series last year. Um, I know the two coaches there have been talking, and uh, no side is the same, so that's that will be interesting. Um, I think I think Namibia will be a tough ask uh, as well, and and Egypt. Always, always brings a top quality side with them, but that's yeah, that's the men's group. How we focus there. The ladies' group was a was a different. I mean, that's a different baby because they've got South Africa, and then they've got Namibia, and um, that was always going to be that was always going to be who we felt was the two toughest sides, um, and I think. Just in terms of uh, over a, a, a period of time, where the ladies find themselves in their, their training and um, in the, their high performance setup compared to the men, the ladies the ladies are going to have a tougher time than the men. Um, they they just got a younger side, less experience, but. You know, it's it's hockey and uh, anything can happen. There's 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 players, both men's and ladies, that I think can can really work some magic. And uh, it takes one or two moments of brilliance, and and it and the whole game is turned upside down. But it it I think it, ladies-wise, it will be a tough ask. The men have really put in. A lot of thinking. Um, And yeah, it will be weird to watch South Africa and Uganda play. Uh, I'll probably wear my Ugandan shirts and my South African shorts Um, because, yeah, my heart's with both of them.
0: Sean, finally, from my side, regular listeners of the show will know that I can't finish an episode without squeezing in a question about some form of travel. And was it all work 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 during your stay in Kampala or or did you get to see a a little bit of the city or the country the the many national parks around lake victoria etc
2: um i I think i think to be fair it was it was majority work 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 i didn't get to go um to any of the the national parks you know i would have loved to have uh, been on the equator um I did have a wonderful meal on the edge of Lake Victoria where, where the coach took me and uh, they, they it's, it's a, a fresh fish market. I didn't understand what was going on and he was pointing at fish and I thought we were going to go home and eat fish. And um, he said, come, let's go up and get drinks. So we went up and um, the next thing, the fish that he chose, they had cooked and they bought it and we sat out on like a deck overlooking Lake Victoria, which was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Um, the day that I left, I was meant to go out. Uh, Weatherhead Hockey Club had had done the double this year in the, the cup in the league. So they had organized a massive uh, party to celebrate out on an island on Lake Victoria, which I was meant to go to. Uh, you know, unfortunately that's. Uh, I had to miss because of Omnicom, but it is what it is. I'll, I'll go join them next time. The one day we did, we went to visit the coaches' grand, which is, uh, I, I don't know uh, that for me w- was really cool and a really special moment. And we drove out to West Uganda and that was, that was just a, I think it was possibly the most homesick I've been Um Kampala is very built up, um, and once we got out to West Uganda, it was just, it was rolling hills and, um, you know, a little village here, and then you, you carry on driving and the little village, it, it reminded me very much of of uh, Pongola in KZN, and I, yes, it was beautiful, and, and he said to me, oh, you know, next time you come, we'll just carry on driving West and he's got friends that do this and this. So I'm hoping I get another invite. You know, I'll chat to the general secretary after, after um, Africa cup and we'll see if hopefully I can do it again and get more involved and, um, and help out. And then, you know, the, the players were adamant that I had to bring my wife and kids and, if because you know, I'm we're all Ugandan now, we're all Ugandan, and um, then definitely, I'll definitely, definitely make sure that I go for an extra week and um, and go actually explore how beautiful it is. But it, I think, I think the little bit that I did see has made me list to get back. They're the catching. They call them the border borders. They're the, the motorbike taxis. Uh, you know, in, in uh, Tanzania they called the the puky piki But the the border borders, you pay maybe twenty rand, and you say, please drop me off there, and he just drops you off there. And when it's open road, it's beautiful. But the, the, yeah, I mean, at some intersections, there's maybe. Hundred and fifty, all going in different directions. So that was, that was an experience. Um, the 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 markets, but yeah, no no real real travelling. Oh, well,
0: well, it's it's still a hell of a lot more than than Ty and I have seen when it comes to <laughs> that part of the world. Uh, Sean, it, it's been so great chatting to you. It's been so refreshing, so different to our other guests because a lot of the time we go in knowing a bit more about uh, our subject, uh, a bit more about the background, etc. And this was an education from start to finish, and I loved every single second. Congratulations on on all you have achieved, and uh, yeah, we wish Uganda the best of luck over at the Africa Cup of Nations. But uh, more importantly, we wish you the best of luck, uh, firstly, in your role over at Northcliffe, but uh, secondly, uh, with your future uh, with Uganda and and perhaps... uh, some other international teams
2: thank you, thank you I really appreciate it and thank you yeah it' it's been an honor to chat to you I, I didn't think I didn't think it would quite end up where it's ended up you know um, and yeah i'm I'm absolutely blown away and absolutely honored that I, I think I uh, you know I'll say this and and I, I feel like I'm talking to you, but I know a lot of people are listening but I can clearly remember I was exhausted. I hadn't slept, you know, for twenty-four hours because I had to catch a plane. And I've just—I remember crying on the the flight home, just out of like pride and humility, because out of the six billion people to to go over was just an experience, and it's something that will live with me forever. So thank you for letting me share my my story, and hopefully. In the years to come, I can share a couple more about Ugandan hockey.
1: Yeah, what a great story it is, Sean. It's it's uh, it's been inspiring to me. It's it's really, you know, when I started the journey uh, with hockey, the magazine hockey, the podcast, uh, you know, well, specifically hockey, the podcast, two years ago there Derek, 107 episodes before this, we wanted to use this platform. To tell stories and and we found some incredible stories of players careers but this is an incredible story of the game of hockey of the african continent and of course of you sean we uh commend you we commend your family for the sacrifice and of course we uh thank you for being willing to share your story and we hope that someone out there who's listening you know there is no such thing as international borders stopping you from achieving your dreams and from helping others achieve theirs. <laughs> I hope that uh, from this podcast, whatever time you're listening to it, whatever station, uh, whatever platform you're listening to it on, whatever you're doing, I hope you just sit back for a second now, reflect and think, you know what, this is something I'm going to go do. This is the difference I'm going to make. You know what, go out and do it sean has led by example it's your chance to follow thank you very much sean thank you you the listeners hockey the podcast 108 episodes and i'm moving to zimbabwe to uh, start a fishing farm
0: <laughs> cheers sean thank you so much
2: thank you very very much jens i appreciate it
0: great stuff and uh, yeah these are the stories we want to tell and if there are anyone uh is anyone out there who have similar stories they would like to share with the uh, the hockey community, let us know and we'll be sure to cover them. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Hockey the Podcast. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back soon for episode 109. Cheers.